the waves and wind were out of control. There was people looking around saying, what in the world is happening? What are we going to do? There we were in the open sea, and there was a storm that was out of control. And, and I don't know about you, but I was terrified. There, the fear was just crippling. Now, just about 20 minutes before, me and my friends and, and some other people were, were just enjoying being outside, enjoying the sun, perfect sea, a sea time on this boat. We were off the coast of Nicaragua. And out of nowhere, this storm hits. And, and we weren't in this little boat, but we were in a, and we weren't in a big boat either. We, we were in a kind of a medium-sized boat, and we were overcome with fear. We didn't know what was going to happen. I mean, my friends were literally turning colors and puking. I've, I've never seen something like this before. It was, it was, I mean, we were bearing down the hatches and everything. And I, I, was, I was in the middle of this, and and I felt afraid. I didn't feel afraid just 15, 20 minutes before that, but I felt afraid then. And I know the disciples were in a similar situation. The, the big difference was they had Jesus the, in flesh. I mean, we all have Jesus with us, those that believe that God sent his son and we have him in, a, in our hearts and he has sent his spirit. But Jesus in the flesh was with these disciples yeah, he was asleep, but he was there in the boat with them. We we're in a series called The Good News from Mark, and we've been looking over the first few chapters of Mark of, of how there is good news and what is the good news. And we found out in the first chapter that the good news of Mark is that Jesus is the Son of God. He's, he wasn't just a good man that lived a perfect life, but he was the Son of of God. And then we, we learn that Jesus shows the good news by coming to be with us. He's with us, cleansing us and making us whole. And then later we saw that, that the religion tends to clash with the way and the heart of Jesus. So the, this system of religion doesn't work with the way that Jesus is wired and the way he wants us to live. There's been a lot of things that are done in the name of religion that are, that are very upsetting to Jesus. And then near the end of Mark chapter 3 and, and Mark 4, we see that, that committed disciples of Jesus have ears to hear God's Word. So let's have ears to hear the Word of God. So we're going to be in, in the end of Mark 4 right now, and, and and so I encourage you to follow along with your, in your Bibles. In Mark chapter 4, we're going to start about verse 38. And we're looking at how people are, are overcome with fear. And what do we do when we are overcome with fear? So in Mark 4, near the end of this chapter, the, the disciples are with Jesus. And, and they're in this boat, and all of a sudden, this, the wind and waves are out of control. And they think that, that their world may be ending. They, they think their life might be ending because they, they, in verse 38, it says that, that Jesus was on the stern and he was sleeping on a cushion. Interesting, Jesus was 
not worried about what was happening. Jesus was asleep. And the disciples woke him and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Really? <laughs> do, do, you think, do, do they really mean that? Do you think they really thought Jesus wanted them to drown or that they were going to drown? But the disciples, they were so consumed by this, this wind and waves and the, the sea was out of control. And often, I mean, I felt this that time in, in Nicaragua or off the coast of Nicaragua in this boat. It was out of control. And what do we do? What are we to do? Where are you, God? Do you not care about us right now? We think that sometimes. And Jesus just got up and just said two words in Greek. It's, it's three in English, but three, uh, two words. He, he, sa- he says, quiet and be still. Now, was he addressing the wind and waves or was he addressing their fears? Mark says he was addressing the wind and waves, but I think it was both. Quiet, be still. I would have loved to hear and see what that was like. How did Jesus address the wind and waves? I know we know the words, but then it completely, everything just was calm, just like it had been before. And and these disciples went from being terrified at the wind and the waves to being terrified at the creator of the wind and the waves and the one that can control the wind and the waves. And it says, and Jesus said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still not have faith? And they were, they were saying to each other, who is this that even the wind and the waves subdue, or are subdued or obey him? How, how are even the wind and the waves obeying what Jesus says? And so they are left in this, this, this terror. Now Jesus doesn't address their terror. He doesn't say, why are you afraid? He did say, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? But he doesn't address he doesn't address them saying, you shouldn't be afraid. He doesn't say, here's how you should not be afraid. But what he does is he shows them over the next, well, Mark chapter 5, he shows them some different responses of how people are afraid and what they do. And so, and I, I think he uses Mark chapter 5 as these stories that we're about to read. I think he uses them as, as models to his disciples. And, and we can, as disciples of Jesus too, we can also learn from these stories. And so in Mark 5, they get, they get off the boat and they find this man that is demon-possessed. And this man is immediately running out to them. And the first thing this man says, and remember, he's demon-possessed, but he says, what do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In Greek, he was literally saying, what to me and what to you? He, I read about this. This is an idiom. And really what he's, the, the, demon, the demon inside him is saying is, leave me alone. Leave me alone. I know you are God, but leave me alone. And, and do you want to torment me? Or is this the time of the final judgment? Leave me alone. And Jesus commands him to come out of him and, and asks what his name is. And he says, his name is Legion, for we are many. And this many demons then begged Jesus. So many demons, 
begged many times, don't send me away. Just keep me in the area. And so this is confusing to me a little bit, but then he, Jesus grants permission for these demons to go into a, a herd of pigs. And as soon as the, they went into the herd of pigs, these pigs rushed down the steep bank and went into the sea and they all drowned. So 2,000 pigs died. Now the disciples were just, right before that, they were so concerned about drowning. They were out in the middle of the boat and they were worried about drowning, but then as soon as they get on land, Jesus cares about this man so much that he takes the 2,000 demons out of him, or however many it was, but that many demons out of him. And this herd of pigs, of 2,000 pigs, rush down and they go in the sea and they drown. Do, do we see the irony there? People were worried about drowning. We're worried about not surviving. We're worried about all the things around us. But Jesus, he cares more about one person than 2,000 pigs. I mean, we can say, yeah, of course. But the people, they were mad. <laughs> they were upset. Like, what is happening? 2,000 pigs, that's a lot of money. That's their income. You know, think about it. That's a lot, that's a lot of income that was just lost. And so then the people come out and they, they find out what is going on with this guy, Jesus. And, and what do they find out? They first of all, they see this guy that had been cutting himself, had been unable to be subdued. He was with chains and shackles and, and, and doing all these crazy things because he was demon-possessed. And they saw him and he was sitting in his right mind. And he was sitting there dressed and in his right mind. And the people, it says in verse, I think, 17, it says, they were afraid. The people were afraid. In verse 15, it says, they saw him sitting in his right mind and dressed, and they were afraid. And then they, they were told the rest of the story, what, what Jesus did, but they, they were so afraid. And, and it's interesting that the, the people were afraid of this, of this man that had just cast out demons. They, I would think they would say, wow, this guy has a lot of power. And, and back in, in Galilee, there was, the, the crowds were flocking Jesus. Heal this guy, heal this person, help me, help me. There was so much happening, but on the other side, they didn't know who Jesus was, and they were in fact afraid of him. And the people, they, they, their response to Jesus was, you're so powerful, you're so out of control, we don't want you around. They said in verse 17, the people began to plead with Jesus, pleading, please leave us, leave us alone just like the demon had just said a few minutes ago or however long it was the demon had just said leave me alone you are god leave me alone and the people then said we don't know about you but leave us alone please please get away get away from us and i often wonder if do we do that when we are afraid when things are out of control or when, when we don't really understand what Jesus is up to or he's taking too long or, or what's happening, but 
do we say leave us alone to Jesus? So our first point today is that when, when we are overcome with fear, do we push Jesus away? We might push him away because we want to find our own peace and our own happiness and have our own control and try to figure it out on our own, but Jesus' way is too hard and Jesus' way is, is different. On the front of our bulletin today, it says, the real peace is not the calm. Real peace is the presence of God in the storm. And, and the presence of God is, gives us peace but do we want it? Do we want his peace or do we want just the calm? Do we want our own definition of calm? I know when I was out on, on the ocean that time I was telling you, I, I, wanted, my, I wanted it to be calm. I, I wanted, I didn't care what happened in that moment. I just wanted it to be back to normal and calm. I didn't want the chaos of the wind and the waves and the sickness that everybody was dealing with. I wonder, are there times that we push Jesus away when we're afraid, when we are overcome with fear? Do we push Jesus away? Now, this man that had been demon-possessed, he wanted to go with Jesus and be one of his followers. And it, and it says that in verse 18. And he, he was begging him. There's a lot of begging here. The, the, the demon begs and then the people beg and now this man begs. And he's saying, please, let me come with you. I want to be a disciple. I would think Jesus would say, good, follow me. That's what he did to other people. Follow me. But Jesus did not let him. And he said, go to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has shown mercy on you. So the man went away and he began to tell the, the ten cities there, Decapolis, how much Jesus had done for him. And it says the people were amazed. The people were amazed after seeing this man who had been doing all kinds of crazy things that were, weren't, he, no one was able to subdue him. No one was strong enough to tie him up and, and keep him chained down. And, I mean, he was a terror. And they saw this man and they heard his testimony and they saw what Jesus had done. And it, it took them some time to get this. But they saw this and then they were amazed. And I wonder what the disciples were thinking. I wonder if the disciples were thinking, am, I know we've been afraid, and we even during the storm, after the storm, we were wondering who this is, and we were terrified. Do we push Jesus away? Do we beg him to leave? Or is, or is Jesus going to use our testimony to be a witness to others like this man? And then, and then they get back in the boat. And, and the, the large crowd, crowd gathers around Jesus again. This is very common. And, and Jesus was so popular when, they, when he got to the other side of the lake and they landed and they, the large crowd was there again. And, and one of the people that were waiting for Jesus, and, you know, all these people were coming, ah, oh, Jesus can heal me, Jesus can heal me. One of the people that could 
that was waiting was a man, a synagogue leader named Jairus. And when he saw Jesus, he fell down at his feet and he, he worshiped Jesus. He knew that Jesus had power and he, he had a problem because he knew his little girl, his 12-year-old daughter was sick and not just sick, that she was about to die. And so as a, as a dad, you do about anything you can for your kids and as a mom too, of course, but you do anything you can to save your kid. And this man, he came to find Jesus. Please, please heal my daughter. And he had faith in Jesus. He he said, please put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. That's great faith. Put your hands on Jesus. Jesus, put your hands on her and, and she will not just be healed, but she will live. But Jesus doesn't need to put his hands physically on someone. He can just speak it. He can just say it. But this man wanted Jesus to come with him. And the disciples were, okay, what's going to happen now? They're thinking, okay, let's see what happens. And so it says Jesus went with them. And, but then it says in verse 24 that this large crowd was pressing all around Jesus. And, and there was this woman in the crowd. And this woman had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. See that Jesus is going to, the irony here, Jesus is going to heal a girl that's a 12-year-old girl, a precious little 12-year-old. But there's this woman that for the same amount of time that this little girl's been alive, she has been suffering and, and she's gone to all the doctors and she's spent all her money and she cannot find any resolution to her problem. And this is a physical problem, but it's also a spiritual problem and an emotional problem because she has to go around saying unclean. She can't go to the people. She can't just walk through a crowd. This was, this was different for her walking in a crowd. But she went because she knew Jesus was there and she had hope that Jesus would heal her. And so then it says in verse 27 that she came up from behind him in the crowd and she touched his cloak. She didn't grab his shoulders or ask him to do anything. She just touched his cloak. She just went and touched what he was wearing. And, and she thought in verse 20, it says, if I just touch his clothes, I'll be healed. And when she did that, immediately, we've seen that a lot of times in Mark, immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt that her body was freed from suffering. Immediately she was healed. And and it, at once, it says in verse 30, again, this, uh, at once, or this is that word for immediately, immediately Jesus realized his power had gone out and he turned around and asked the question, who touched my clothes? And I'm sure the disciples and everybody else was like, oh, there's a big crowd around. Who, why are you asking this question? Like, there's, and that's what they say. Like, uh, you know, who touched me? Why does it matter? Like, there's lots of people touching you. But Jesus wasn't just asking who touched me. He knew who touched him. But he, he was asking, he, he was trying to, to bring up this, okay, something just happened. I know it happened, but I'm trying to let my disciples and others know, here's a teaching moment, what's happening here. So it says, that then this, this woman, knowing what had happened to her, in verse 32, 33, came and fell at his feet. So again, we see another person falling at his feet. So we see that 
the disciples, they were, they were falling at Jesus' feet when they were in the boat. Like, how, are you going to save us? Then we, then we see this, this demon-possessed man falling at Jesus' feet. He's, Get away from me. You're, you have too much power. You are, the, you are the God. You are the Son of God. And then we see, and then, then when he's restored, this demon-possessed man, he is falling at Jesus' feet. Come on, I want to be with you. I want to be a follower of you. Then we see Jairus falling at Jesus' feet. Now we see this woman falling at Jesus' feet. Maybe there's a theme here that we should be falling at Jesus' feet. Jesus wants us to come to him in, in reverence and in worship. He, he wants us to come to him and fall at his feet. And this woman, she was, she was afraid. Here we see again, she's, she's afraid. Now, now we know that she was just healed, but she was now afraid. She was afraid. Well, why do you think she was afraid? I mean, I would think she would be overjoyed because she was healed. But think about it. What she just did was not okay. She went, instead of saying unclean, 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 which is what she was supposed to be doing in a crowd, and people would stay away from her because she had a physical deformity, and that was the law. But she went and she touched a rabbi. She touched someone that was now going to be unclean. And so she was waiting for him probably to scold her, to be mad. She was probably waiting for the disciples to be mad. She was waiting for everyone to be upset with her, but she probably thought, oh well, I'm healed. And so she fell at his feet, and she was worried. And she didn't know how he was going to respond, but, but Jesus said to her daughter, he, he doesn't say woman. He doesn't say, hey, you. He says daughter. And he says, your faith has healed you. And he blessed her. He said, go in peace and be freed from your suffering. And our second point today is when, when we are overcome with fear, do we go to Jesus in faith? You know, we have a choice it's, it's hard to have both fear and faith. We have a choice. Jesus told his disciples, why, are you, why don't you still have faith? You're afraid when you, when you should have faith. You've seen, you've seen me. You know who I am. You're, I'm with you, but yet you let your fear take over and control you. You know, fear is paralyzing and faith is freeing. Of course, it's hard to have our faith in Jesus, but, but she, Jesus shows that he's worthy. So will we go to Jesus in faith or will we let our fear rule over us? Do we trust him in the storm? Do we trust him when we have pain? Do we trust him when we're embarrassed, when we're not sure what to do? And here again, the disciples saw Jesus teaching now, he wasn't using the words to teach, but he was using the example. He was teaching that he treated this woman with kindness and, and, and not just healing her but, her, but because of her faith that he blessed her then. Go, be freed from your suffering in peace. Has there been a time that that you are so desperate 
that you need to go fall at Jesus' feet for healing from emotional pain, from physical pain, from whatever is happening in your life right now. I don't know. We need to go to Jesus in faith. And he's going to look at you and say, Son, daughter, I love you. It doesn't mean he's always going to say, the cancer's gone. Everything's good. But he wants us to go to him. It says in Peter, 1 Peter, to cast all our fears on him because he cares for you, because he cares for us. So when we are overcome with fear, do we push Jesus away? Or do we go to Jesus in faith and, and even go into the crowd when it was awkward to do that and risky, but she, the, the woman did it anyways? And then this, this story, it, it continues like so quickly because it says, as Jesus was saying this, like right away, while he was still speaking, in verse 35, it says this, that some people from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader, came and, and told Jairus terrible news. They said, your daughter's dead. Don't bother the teacher anymore. It's over. I know you were trying to get there quickly. Bring him to the house. Bring him quickly so he could heal her. But don't bother him anymore. She's dead. Now it's time to start mourning for her. Now it's time to move on. And Jesus doesn't address what was said. He just looks at at Jairus and he says something that he knows Jairus needs to hear. He says, don't be afraid. And then something even crazier, just believe. Don't be afraid. I, I, I know, I know you just heard the news that she's dead. Don't be afraid. I can't imagine not being afraid after hearing that your child is dead. I can't imagine just believing that something good was going to happen out of it. Right in that moment, don't be afraid, just believe. I think he was saying that not just to Jairus. He was saying that to the crowd. He was saying that to his disciples. You guys were in the boat. You saw the storm. You were afraid. You didn't have faith. Now he's saying, don't be afraid. Whatever the circumstances is around you, don't be afraid. I'm with you. Just believe doesn't mean every time Jesus is going to heal. But he says here, just believe. And believe and, and faith are, are this very similar words. And, and, and so we have to see, he's saying have faith. Just have faith here. And, and Jarius, I'm not sure what he was thinking here, but I mean, it, they told him, don't bother the teacher anymore. So should he, should he still bother the teacher even though the teacher said, just believe. Just believe what? Tell me. Tell me what I should believe. I don't know. And it says in verse 37 that Jesus didn't let anyone follow him except for Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. So the, the, the inner three disciples, the, the ones that he's usually kind of calling off when there's just three around, Peter, James, and John. And, and so just these three came. And then when they got to the house, 
There was all kinds of commotion. And people were crying and wailing loudly. And Jesus said, why all this commotion? Why all this wailing? You know, they, they hired people to come in and to make sure it was a big spectacle when someone died that there was a lot of mourning that was happening. And Jesus said, the child is not dead, but asleep. And they laughed at him. But after he put them all out, he sent, you know, it reminds you a few times, he sends out people that are not needing to be, you know, he sent out all the merchants. He, sent, he sends people out that are not supposed to be there, not, that are not helpful. And Jesus sent them out, and then he took the child's father and the mother and these three disciples, so just a the, just the small group of them, and they, they went in to where the child was. And he took her by the hand and he said to her, Tathika Kamun, which means little girl, I say to you, get up. And our point three today is do we have, do we believe? That Jesus can overcome. When we are overcome with fear, Jairus was overcome with fear. It doesn't say he was, but I'm going to assume he was as, as me, a dad, thinking about him as, a, as another dad. That he was probably overcome with fear. But, he, but Jesus said, don't be afraid, just believe. Just believe. And so do we believe that Jesus can overcome. We saw, heard a song earlier about overcome, how Jesus is the overcomer. Do we have faith that Jesus can overcome whatever situation that we are in? You know, Jerry's could have said, why aren't you coming faster? Who cares about this woman? Okay, she's healed. Just come help me right now. My daughter is dying. He could have said, Okay, she's dead. Don't bother her anymore. No, I'm not, don't worry about it. I'm going to go grieve now with other people that are grieving. But he let Jesus be in control. He let this belief that what, whatever Jesus was going to do, it was worth finding out what it was. And we have a choice. Are, are we going to be ruled by fear are we going to trust Jesus in faith? When we are fearful, Jesus invites us to trust him. And our impossible is easily possible to Jesus. And even when we are afraid, we can trust that Jesus, the overcomer, can overcome. So then he says to this little girl, he says, I say to you, get up. In verse 42, it says, immediately, again, only a few times here in this passage, immediately, but immediately the girl stood up and she began to walk around and she was 12. And immediately, again, it says, they were completely astonished. They could not believe what had just happened. They were so amazed, dumbfounded. How in the world does Jesus have power like this to raise this little girl from the dead? And he gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this and told them, give her something to eat. (laughs) She's probably hungry. 
Remember, she was sick. So Jairus and his wife and three disciples. And again, Jesus is teaching his disciples not to be afraid, but to have faith. And so we're seeing here again, these disciples seeing this option. Are you going to push Jesus away? Are you going to go to him in faith? Or do you believe that he can overcome? And we're going to watch a clip here from from Francis Chan. and, And he's in the boat in the Sea of Galilee. And he was just talking about how, what would it be like that these wind and waves were all around Jesus and all around the disciples and then all of a sudden it's stilled. And then and kind of going through what happens as Jesus is teaching his disciples. And so let's see what he says here for about two minutes. Try to get your mind around this. You're talking about the king of the universe. Okay, comes down to the earth and he's just like calming the, the sea, like, like, stop. Boom. You know, everyone's terrified. You see a demon-possessed man, it's like, get out of him. Boom. You know, these, these pigs come rushing down, you know, healing. And then, then he comes to a little girl and, 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 and it's not only his power over death, but even the way he does it, it's like, come here, sweetie. It blows my mind that, that we live in a time and in a country and, and in a quote-unquote church, if you can even call it that anymore, where, where, where we're just like begging people, please, 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 you know, just, just show up. Just, just pray a little bit. Try to read the Bible, you know, for a few minutes every day. We're like begging you to follow a person who can calm the seas and, and cast out demons and... and and then look at a little girl and says, come here, sweetie. Like, you're not begging him. We should be like that guy who, who had the demons cast out, who it says that he was begging Jesus, can I follow you? Can I follow you? Can I follow you? Man, like, where is your life right now? Like, do you even get this? This is not just a bunch of little stories. It's about following the king of the universe that has power over death, over the waves and the sea, over the demons, and says to you, a little girl, come here, sweetie. Rise from the dead, a God of compassion, and we have to beg you to fit him into your life? Man, where's your faith? Beg him today and say, God, I'll leave everything if I can be with you. So where is our faith? Where is our faith? When we are overcome with fear, let's trust Jesus who overcomes. And that's our main idea today is when we are overcome with fear, let's trust Jesus who overcomes. You know, after the disciples were were terrified, they saw people, fearful people pushing him away. They saw a fearful woman that was healed and blessed because of her faith. And they saw a dad 
that was believing in Jesus, and his child was raised from the dead. You know, Jesus is the overcomer. Think about it in this story. No one was able to, to subdue or tame this storm, but Jesus did. And no one was able to, to tame or subdue this, this man with his demon-possessed, but Jesus did. And no one was able to heal this woman that was suffering for 12 years, but Jesus did. And no one was able to save this 12-year-old girl from death, but hallelujah, Jesus did. And, and Jesus shows that he has power over the created world by calming a storm, power over the spiritual world by casting out demons, power over the physical world by healing the woman and rising this girl from the dead. So when we are overcome with fear, do we push Jesus away? Do we go to him in faith or do we believe that Jesus can overcome? And I pray that we will go to Jesus in faith believing that Jesus can overcome. Let's give all our fears to him who has power to overcome all. And before I close, I just want to I want you to take a moment here to identify how you might be experiencing fear. And then even think about how you're going to deal with fear this week. So take just a moment to to think about that. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are the overcomer. That we don't have to fear because you're with us. And even if you're taking too long or not doing what we want or, or, or just maybe it seems like it's out of control, God, I pray that we would be people that trust you in everything, every situation. And that God, you would grow our, fear, our, grow our faith and, and take our fear from us, God. We pray that we would be people that, that maybe we're fearful of, of COVID, fearful of the elections, feel, fearful of, of our health or, or other people in our lives, fearful of whatever it is, God. We, I pray that we would be people that take our fears to you at your feet. And trust you, Jesus. Trust you in faith. Trust and believe that you can overcome. And trust your timing. And that we would cast all our fears, all our anxiety on you because you care for us. Pray this all in the powerful name of Jesus who overcame. Amen.